0: We are back another episode of North of Samora. It is me, the private one, <laughs> T2, <laughs> joined once again by the smarter guy. What up, man? How's, hey man going?
1: How's, it, how's it going?
0: Ah, it's going. You know, it's Sunday again and it's, it's welcomed cloudy weather. I'm not going to lie, man. The, the, the weather, the sun was, the sun was going off last week, man. So the clouds, clouds are a welcome sight.
1: Forgive my confusion, <laughs> but
2: aren't you the summer guy? Aren't you the guy who loves summer?
0: Hey, man, look. There's, summer
2: is dope. But, but summer is hot. It rains back out here in the summer. All right. Which is, 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 I... I don't complain in the sun is just all the time. Spring is a cool breeze. You know, okay. Yeah Oh, yeah, um we're still suffering out here. Cold is still killing us, so can't do much about it.
0: You're still good... oh but it's about the end though it's about the end i don't know why you're tripping about
1: uh yeah africa is not meant to be like this man like we're meant to have you know warm you know 11 12 degrees you know not this creeping low because remember the houses don't have insulation or anything and there's no central heating so when it goes down it's just you know the brick the brick is the only thing protecting you from the wind and yeah
2: yeah
1: <laughs> it ain't much <laughs> It ain't much.
0: Uh, no, I don't have you, man. I don't have you. Don't worry, man. A couple of months, it'll be hot as October and you'll be complaining that it's too hot.
1: True, true. So It's always like, it, it, it like hits those extremes where it, it's too cold and then becomes way, way, way too hot. And I'm just like, you know, can I get like 10 minutes of just consistency? Consistent weather. Just, you know, 12 degrees at the most. All year round.
0: If the weather was like that, man, we'd all be happy. Mm. All right, so what's what we talking about? Today we're talking about football. But, but the glorious game that we obsess over. Yeah. Because,
1: like, we have been hinting at it towards the end of everyone, so it kind of makes sense that people get our position. Because I'm guessing a few people are confused. Like, okay, there's a football outro all the time.
2: <laughs> all yeah,
0: the- this is how all the- <laughs> This is Yeah, a kind of an explainer, explainer, but yeah, this is how all our conversations start. It starts with football and then it goes into life because football sometimes is an imitation yeah. of life, I guess. Is that the, the word? Is that where I'm supposed to take that? <laughs> I, I, I probably,
1: man. I can't complain <laughs> at this point.
0: Uh, <laughs> but football is what we talk about incessantly. So, you know, it, it only made sense that we take, you know. We have one that we just dedicate to it. And I do have a, a way I want to start from, which is, um, you know, the, the best number nines of the last at least 10 years, I think that nobody talks about Aye. are, uh, Luis Suarez and Karim Benzema. Now the Benzema one, you've been preaching that one for years. Yeah. So I'll give you, a, I'll give you the floor <laughs> on that one, but Suarez. The only reason why I feel like we don't talk about Suarez is because he's a fucking racist, or at least he has racist. You know, he has his he had that racist incident um, with Evra. You know, and that's kind of puts. You know, and then he kind of followed that up by biting people and (laughs) all kinds of shit. That you know, once once you're once the British media paints you a certain way, man, (laughs) you're kind of you're, you're kind of done after that. So. And he didn't help himself by biting people, to be fair. But yeah. when you, uh, I mean, when you say he, he was everything that you wanted a number nine to be. You know, there's those kind of number nines where it's like play off me or put me through. You know, there's two kinds of number nines, right? Like Cavani isn't really a play off me kind of guy. That kind of came, you know, that, that's not really a strength of the strength of the game. He's adequate at it. But like, you know, their players were better than him at it. And then their strikers, who, he's one of those guys that says, put me through. And then their guys, their strikers, like today's modern world, at least, you got the Firminos of this world. They call them defensive strikers. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but what they are is basically strikers who you can play off of, right? You know, like strikers who then facilitate for forwards who are the actual goal scorers. Yeah. So in that Liverpool setup, you had Firmino who was then a link-up play guy For Salah and Mani and everyone else who was scoring around them. And for, you know, and Cristiano wouldn't have won all those Champions Leagues in Ballon d'Ors if it was not for Karim Benzema. Like I said, I'll let you, I'll let you tackle that one. The Suarez, man, I got to look at him properly when he played for Barca. And, you know, that Premier League year, you know, you kind of looked at him through hater eyes, at least I did. But the Barcelona years, especially the first two, that's when I kind of looked at him and said, yeah, he, you know, he was able to kind of sink in. Because, you know, you can't play with Messi unless you you know how to link up play with him.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, he was like, for real, man, you could one touch with him, he could go and hide the wings and be able to facilitate and his ability to score and finish in a number of different ways was ridiculous, man. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. And the thing that got me the most, at least when I accepted it, was really a skill. was a game against Bayern. With a, at, at in, in, the, in, in Bayern in, in the Allianz Arena and he had a ball he was on the wing, I think you remember the highlight and the wing, the, he had a defender next to him behind him and the ball came into him so he ran up to the ball and then just chipped it over the guy like little flick over the defender because the defender's momentum was going to bring him forward so he acted like he was going to go get the ball and stop and then instead kind of just flicked it over and let the ball win over. I remember showing that to my uncle. My uncle was like, well, don't covering a team, zero, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most outrageous skill I had ever seen done. Or at least I hadn't I'd seen in a while, man. And that's, you know, it was that season when they won the treble again. I was like, yo, Suarez, this, you know, this guy, man, this is a phenomenal striker. And then he just followed. I mean, that whole run, there was a game against City, where he scored two really just sublime goals in City. Um, and then there was, what else? There was another, you know, there was an Adam like a couple of years ago where he hit a, remember the one, one way he got played through and then he just hit a back heel across the, into the other side of the goal. Yeah. Like ridiculous goals that he used to score, man. And I, really, I truly believe like the last 10 years, apart from Lewandowski, he was probably number one there.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, those two kind of fall behind and Suarez doesn't get talked about enough for understandable reasons, but he <laughs> he is one of the most complete strikers we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I definitely. I even Suarez like to just to show how intelligent he is as a footballer, being able to play in the same front line with Neymar and Messi, that is not the easiest mm. thing to do because those are very two ball dominant players. And to still shine while mm. doing it, kind of testament to the fact that the dude is actually really good at what he does and really smart. Um and yeah he had his episodes you know uh, the biting that handball that that the, against Ghana in the World Cup yeah there are many things that point in being uh having scumbag tendencies uh but for me like I said in when it, <laughs> when it came to the boss the Barcelona days because I hate Liverpool like I hate Liverpool not as much as like Chelsea but have a distaste for Liverpool so it was hard to like him at Liverpool. But when he then went to pass it, like with you, it didn't make sense. Like, it was like, okay, this, this guy's actually ridiculously good at what he does. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think he's one of the more under, understated forwards simply because he, he was overshadowed by Messi in, a respect, in that respect. And then there were other pure number nines who were better than like Lewandowski is a good example, and my guy, Benzema. Now, my love of hope, Benzema started. Remember that Leon game at Old Trafford? My mm-hmm. homeboy just mm-hmm. came and showed out. And then the the rumor started that, you know, Salix Ferguson wanted Benzema. And, um, you know how it happens at United? It was like the Snyder, uh, Wesley Schneider Never happened. <laughs> it rumbled on for the whole summer. <laughs> yeah. Never happened.
0: I think we, I think this, I think I remember reading something about we, we almost had him and then something happened. I don't remember what, what exactly transpired. But yeah, it was one of those situations where we were linked with him right after. So Alex Ferguson was like, yeah, that's the guy. And, you know, it just uh, it didn't happen.
1: You know, it's, it's weird because Benzema's not, he's not, he's not a typical striker. I think the term we use is nine and a half. Like, he's a nine, but he can also play behind a striker kind of thing. Cause it wouldn't be weird to see him playing behind a a proper number nine, some, a target man, like someone like, um, Cavani, because he's that savvy on the ball. But because the Madrid system is basically a 4-3-3 nowadays, or 4-2-3-1 sometimes, um, and they've got enough in midfield, he's kind of the striker. And his ability on the ball is something that people don't talk about well enough like long mm. enough like out of i've seen players like i put him up there with berbatov Bergkamp, uh Henri in terms of just touch and awareness and positioning uh he might not he might not score the most goals but without his ability to understand that he had to play number two to cristiano that team was mm. never going to work i know we've got possible analogies for this like uh the heat when Wade had to had to understand that lebron had to take over you know That transition mm-hmm. took a very long time Until Wade was like, okay, I have to play number two to this guy Bosch was smart because Bosch understood Like, you know what <laughs> It's James mm-hmm. and Wade, I'm three regardless um, But with Benzema I think he understood really quickly When when the Cristiano situation happened where They linked up that, yeah, this is the man let, let him do his thing And I think it was the unselfish kind of play that he had That made it work uh, Also, he's, he's, he's one of those players shaped in that Madrid mentality They're very demanding players they want what they want. they want top quality, they get upset when, when things don't go their way. Um, but for him to thrive in Madrid at that age when many people didn't really have like I don't know I don't know if this will be an appropriate sort of um, sort of comparison. Um,
2: kind of like the way when Huntela went to Madrid, right? Mm. People expected the world, but f- he never adapted. To becoming, you know, a Madrid type type striker,
1: Benzema was different. Because Benzema came to Madrid and then slowly worked his way into the team. In terms of, you know, getting to grips with everything, his game really didn't change all that much. And I think they kind of understood what he was good at, and that he could be right. that facilitator. Like I remember uh, Robin van Persie. Where he was kind of obscurity at the beginning of his career to an extent, because they couldn't, I, I couldn't place him to be honest. I didn't know whether the guy was, was a pure striker, could play off the striker, could play wide. I never understood him. Uh, but you could see that the touch, the ability, the awareness was unmistakable. It was undoubtable. He knew what he was doing, and I think it worked in his favour, especially when you, when you get someone like Ronaldo playing beside you. Then you get someone like Bale. Again, similar to Suarez, you had two forces either side of you, and to still shine, ah. Yeah, is Benzis, Benzis. And, you know, I, I hate the whole France situation, the whole investigation and whatnot. I know it's, it's his fault, but had he been yeah. there properly for France in the last couple of tournaments or whatever, I'm pretty sure they would have done better because I don't buy the Giroud hype. Like, I've never bought it. Like, I know Deschamps loves the guy, but in terms of what Benzema gives you um oh. on the pitch, I remember it was the Dortmund game away when they lost. Dude played really well. Like... I was like, okay, Leonardo was doing bits, but geez, like, you could clearly see this dude was, was a cut above. He was just absolutely right. ridiculous. Um, so he doesn't get the, 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 the laurels that he should get, um, in the modern game because, um, you know, stats and numbers are now more focused on the, you know, on the Ronaldos and the, and the, and the Messi's, uh, of the day, which is raking the numbers. Um, there was another struggle I actually think about. But he, he kind of flitted, flitted out of my mind. And it's weird. I'm thinking Lukaku. Like, I don't think we give that guy enough respect.
0: Yeah, look, I, I I don't really watch a lot of his games, but I think, you know, going to Conte was probably the best thing that happened to him for now. I think his Belgium record speaks for itself, that's for sure. Hmm. And um, I think he's made improvements on his game. I think there was a stylistic thing with me that I just didn't particularly like about him. But... Um, as a striker, you can't. I think you right now you can mention top five strikers, while well, at least mentioning his name in there. You know, he's. He, I don't think he gets enough credit because I think his touch gets away from him here and there. It's not <laughs> great. It's not as bad as people say. It. People yeah. obsess over that, but it's not. It's not great. It's a thing, man. Cavani's first touch as well is like that. It's a thing, but I think he just gets overblown because his. It, some, it sometimes just look whatever. You know, it looks way worse than it actually is, mm. um but he's pretty really, i know he's good man he's really going to Conte just kind of tactically improved him um he understands where to be now and he takes you know he's as a facilitator he was always very good, you know really really good it you know and it also helps that the system he's playing in he doesn't have the rashfords and Marshalls who also score as one, you know what I mean like he's not he's a he's a playoff he's not that much of a playoff me striker, but um it, it, he is as let me say, say he wasn't a playoff playoff me striker that worked for us, but I think it it into Milan with Laturo it kind of works perfectly there you know with, with those there and Alexis was there as well It worked perfectly with those guys because they were all they all kind of just they, they all complement each other in a very good way.
2: I think I think Lukaku it's
1: the the touch has been an issue for a long time it's been like much debated people are saying he's got a bad first touch but he's not the only striker like that uh, if you watch Rashford's earlier games his his first touch was not as crisp as it is now like he's one of the most I you know his his default is kick and chase so he'll boot the ball and then chase because he's, he's just that fast kind of like Mbappe Mbappe yeah, people, people, the hype on that nigga is a little too much, to be honest, because he's a, he's a kick and chase type of type of nigga as well. Um, he's not like 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 a Sancho. Like I'm not saying you know Sancho's better than Bappy, but I'm saying like in terms of in terms of technique, Sancho's ridiculous. Um, but in terms of Lukaku's touch and comparing to other strikers who who grew up who kind of evolved around um uh, uh, around to make it work, um, his touch goes bad in the worst of periods, like when you then need control. that's when people then see it they don't see all the other good stuff he's doing and the other times he has things under control is that in certain moments when you need that assured touch that zlatan touch it then goes haywire i don't know if it's pressure or whatever and i think his um move to rock nation sports also helped with that i remember seeing during the euro some sort of quote saying his conversations with jay kind of helped him um kind of refocus and then, you know, get that, that internal confidence, which if, if if that if that statement's true, then I'm I'm happy for him because I think he has everything to be a really good striker. I think it was just the confidence uh, that was missing from him. Uh but yeah his his record speaks for itself. Like goal scored. Belgium itself, I think he was the youngest or the fastest to get to hundred in terms of to where he got guaranteed he played most of his career and like was it underlicked I think he was going he was scoring for fun there. But in terms of you know top five, it's hard to exclude him. Like it'll be really, really, really hard to exclude him because yeah, he's he's done really well over the last uh, season or so, and also in, create, in creating goals, which is another kind of underrated quality of his game. Like people don't talk about it enough. The dude is pretty good at creating. Um, yeah, I mean not not iniesta or whatever, but he he had.
0: Ah, he's very good at creative, man. There's an assist he had to Lauturo last season or two seasons ago. That was just crazy. Outside of the foot, jeez. I remember seeing that just being like, wow. But he's always been like that. When he drifts the right and he starts playing another channel off the right-hand side, that's when he becomes very dangerous. And if you have a team that flows that way, which Intervaland does, then it kind of helps you out so much to have a striker like that, you know. But you're right. I think in his touch, in, in crucial moments, there are moments where his touch just fails him. And it looks like he's not, you know, that's why that's why the you know the Benzemas and and um, you know Lewandowski separate themselves, you know, in those moments because in those moments the touch is perfect when they need it, you know, it's a technique thing. With Mbappe, I don't know. I think Mbappe hasn't fully realized. I think he's only 22, so the thing is, you know, he, there's a there's an expectation for him to be the finished product now. I don't think he's I don't think at all he's the finished product. I don't think he's going to be the finished product if he stays in PSG. I think that they, cause they play him next to a striker there. So he doesn't, he hasn't really taken on the onus of being the lone striker. He's still playing off. I think he's still like a center forward more than he is a number nine, you know, more than he is like a number nine that can hold the line like that. I don't think, I don't know if he can ever evolve into that too. I think he's always going to be, I don't know. Let me, let me try and say like this. It's in, in a way like, um, he's different to like a Martial, but in the same way he's going to be like that. Mm-hmm. And there's an aspect of his game that Martial built up. He's built up in that archetype of strikers, you know, those guys where you can kind of play off them, but they'll probably be more effective if you put them in there. You know, they're runners, right? They go in yeah. behind. Yeah. So they can, they link up play, uh, the, the aspect of the link, the link, link up play aspect of their game is still yet to be developed. I think that's what's going on with, um, with, with Mbappe. I don't think you will be able to realize that until he leaves um PSG, to be very honest with you. I think that's what he wants to do. He's already told PSG that he's not resigning So I think that's what he wants to do and go to Madrid. Now that's gonna be a whole different thing because I think he also needs a little bit of maturing as well. Um but I I also know that I think if you get if you get the I think the pressure of being the number one striker in the man, you know, that's what you know that's what that's what separates owns. You know, the greatest from, from the rest of the pack, the Ronaldos, Messi's, you know, Kaka, all those guys that have come before and been one well player of the year, you know, when, when the pressure's on, it's not for you to lead the line or you to be the man. Can you be the man? You know, what happened with Lewandowski? So it's a, it's the reason why everybody wants him to leave. It's the reason why I want him to leave, because I think you won't realize his full potential as a striker until he has the full reins of being of that position. They say, you're our number one guy. And there's nobody better, no better person for him to go learn off of than, you know, Benzema. If he goes to Madrid, right? And Benzema, I'm pretty sure they're going to lock Benzema in for the next couple of years. So there's no better person to go learn the trades of being a number nine or at least a complete number nine than Benzema. Knowing, you know, positional, when to be first touch, when to then show yourself for a run, how to play off. Cause he knows how to do that already with playing with Neymar. So it just you know it it requires now a higher level of education for him. He's not going to do that if he keeps playing in name on shadow. And so he needs to go. In my eyes, at least he needs to go somewhere where the responsibility is going to be solely on him, and he has to learn quickly and adapt and separate himself. Because he has there's a you know there's a there's a season there was a period this season where he was the best player in the world. It was right about for like right around the quarterfinals when they were facing Barca. And Bayern Munich around there, and he was really just playing both teams off the park. So, there's, there, I, I believe in him, I just don't think, it's, I think he's he's reached, he's plateaued at, at PSG, and he's kind of reached the ceiling there. And so there's no real, there's no real motivation for him to keep, to really try and get better. You know, like Cristiano Cristiano, that last year at, at United, yeah. you, you can tell he had like reached
2: a wall. Mm.
0: You know, he's like, I've won everything here. He then, when he got to, win, that last year, it was it was a whole bunch of things, but
2: just on the pitch, you could just get himself to the to the, the organization, to the, the veterans that are already and
0: take the reign of him being, you know, the team. I think he needs that extra high level of that extra motivation that extra responsibility to
2: get to the next level believe he yeah. I believe you can yeah I think you can get there too I think it's yeah like
1: I are saying I think it's just level of competition we lost the video there <laughs> yeah I uh, know it's my internet is, is playing up so I just started to switch off the video just to save that precious bandwidth mm. uh, I think with with mm. with, with Bobby you're right uh, I think Bobby is um yeah, the ceiling is there, PSG. The competition is no longer there. Like, Ronaldo became a different animal in right. La Liga. Like, it just became apparent that, okay, he was in his element. They had one big competitor, but every game mattered because he had to beat that one big team. And then the the atmosphere of being at Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in the world. So the thing is, it's different now. At United, he was the biggest club, one of the biggest clubs in the world. He had done everything, won everything in the mm-hmm. toughest league so many times. And then he switched and went to Real Madrid, where in Real Madrid, he was now at one of the, you know, the marquee, the really, you know, with the history, most Champions League wins, et cetera, et cetera. And then he had to now prove himself at that stage and he did it. Uh, he did it again and again and again and again to the point where he couldn't get the challenge there anymore. Then he switched again. Uh, but the last switch I didn't, didn't quite understand, but the first I did, because the last season at United, you were right, he was really, he wasn't himself <clears throat> the way he was the season before. Um, and I think he, it, it kind of felt draining. I think is, is is probably at that point now where, the way they ball out in the Champions League show, and the way he plays in the Champions League, I think, shows that he definitely needs that step up in terms of, you know, uh, league prestige and, you know, the cast around you. Not saying that, you know, PSG is a bad set of players. Their team is incredible. But woo, if he went to Madrid, uh, it's it's going to be... They're going to unleash something else. I just hope he doesn't become a Robinho um, because that one hurt. Like, Robinho was was said to be a world beater, and then nothing happened. Uh, but I think Babé would definitely take the step up if he goes to Madrid. Hmm. Uh, I also wouldn't mind if he went to City, to be honest. Like, Pep and him, hmm. that would be dangerous because I think he's intelligent enough to to be able to adapt to, to what Pep needs. But the physicality in the Premier League is always going to be a factor. Like, regardless. It's going ah, to be a his factor. His
0: speed will be able to make up for that, though. Yeah. Yeah, his speed will be incredible, and the thing is, it will stretch. It will play fit nicely into the way City kind of play now, Um in terms of just being able, like the cut, the passes that they make, right, and him mm-hmm. making those runs in behind. It'll be a dream for somebody like Kevin De to be able to find him making those runs in behind. His speed, the the physicality will get to him once he adjusts to that, and then he is able to use his speed. The thing I was talking about, Werner. Like you know, with Werner, um, everybody was clowning him for, for for all the chances he was missing. And I kept looking at it, saying, "But listen, man, he's getting into these scoring positions. The only thing that's failing him is that he's missing goal. He, you know, his technique. He just either he has the worst luck in the world, or he has the worst technique in the world. You know, but he's getting into these dangerous positions every week. It was always Werner Pots, Verna Pots. And I'm like, my guys." You know, you know let's laugh, okay. Let's laugh. But every week he's getting into dangerous areas and not scoring. Had he missed all those chances, Had he scored at least half of those chances, Chelsea would have been a different position in the league. You know? And that's the way I kept looking at it saying I kept saying once he figures this shit out, the league, the Premier League and all that, the physicality of it, because he said that took him by surprise, then you'll be able to sort everything else around that. And in the Champions League, he kind of worked for that. Because he kept putting pressure on certain defenses, and they couldn't handle him. You know, so it was the same thing with Mbappe. Where once you adjust to the physicality of it all, the same thing is going to happen with Sancho as well. Once you adjust to the physicality, because it's really when the Premier League wants to be, it's a boosers league, bruh. They will kick you. They will. No, honestly, man, that's why. That's why. That's why there's that 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 narrative around that they're saying that every other league is slow, Mm. that the Premier League is quick. It's because the Premier League, there's 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 no t- tactics. Sometimes go out the window, and it's just balls to the walls. Let's <laughs> go, you know. That's that's shit. That's the shit that gets that gets teams going. So you you play. It's like one of those things where you play lower league league teams, and their whole motivation is we're gonna stay in. We're gonna come, comp- you know, play compact, de block, and we're gonna kick the shit out of everybody. And it's gonna be a hostile environment, and you're gonna have to kind of go to war with us to win this game. You know, stadiums like Wolves was like that. Um, I'm trying to think of another stadium that's that was like that. Though low, low leg, low Adams. Stoke. Fulham, man. way back in the Stoke, yeah. Stoke, Fulham. They always used to be like that. Like Wolves, I know the Adams is like the the fans are right there, bro. You're like right next to them. So there's that the, that that notion in England that they have. So a lot of the time, uh, there's no real tactical defending that's going on. Sometimes it's just really I'm gonna get up in your face and I'll be physical <laughs> around you. So, you know, for foreign players who are coming from leagues where they don't do that, they all think the game and they all play the game from a mental perspective. That's an adjustment period for them, you know? People are not backing off you, they're right out at you. And for a striker, like Ole, Ole said that one time, like playing striker in the Premier League is one of the hardest jobs in football. Because you have to be physical, now you have to also think the game, you have to know when to be one touch, you have to know when to drift out wide, you have to know spacing, you know, making runs in behind to be a complete striker at least to be able to be a, a, m- a multiple, you know, multiple threat kind of player from scoring, creating, making runs in behind. Because sometimes you can dominate a game without even touching the ball, mm. just from making runs in behind and shifting defenders, in you know, order to create space for your your teammates. So Mbappe once Mbappe has all of that unlocked, mm. like his imagine his speed dragging a defender this way to open up space for Foden coming in behind, like man. That's just as a striker, without even touching the ball, he would be effective in that team because that's what they use Gabriel Jesus for.
2: Yeah.
1: That's yeah. You'll be good. Like if you can get the the thing is is that to get your body ready for that. I know mentally and and, and tactically, not even mentally tactical, but talent he's got it. But it's just getting your your body and mind right up to that. Because I think I was watching something. I was reading something this morning about Donny Van der Beek that he was working. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I he was, saw that. Yeah. He was working on his physicality and stuff, and I'm like. Now, it made sense because I wasn't even worried last season. I was like, nah, nah. The Eredivisie coming to the Premier League, I know some, like, Suarez came from Ajax and then uh, came to, to Liverpool, that works. But Donny's positioning actually is difficult to then say, because we already had Bruno Fernandes. And I think the plan, I don't know if this is true, I think the plan is to play him in sort of a midfield three. Um, and I don't think he was at the level yet to be able to do that. And Donny's an, is a smart player. Like, if you watch the game, Ajax versus Madrid, at the Bernabeu, just speaks to how intelligent this game is. But then, like you said, it's the defending is different because the joke, remember, in high school, was that La Liga defenders are glorified cones uh, when they're facing the ball. But it's it's a lot more than that, like a hell of a lot more than that, because it's tactical. It's 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 not necessarily man marking up in your face like what you're saying. It's they they defend more as a team, and we're seeing a little bit more of that in the Premier League now, especially like uh, oh, two short. Yeah. Tisha Chelsea's doing that a little bit more uh Klopp and his gang pressing that that is difficult enough to to kind of get your head around um but when you play the 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 bottom half of the league the guys who don't who ain't care you're not going to be able to do the same things that you could against the teams. because sometimes big games feel easier for one team because they are trying to be you know organized compact trying to outthink each other like how how pep always overthinks things and then loses games that he could have won you know had he just kept it simple so mm. for like donny um i think Bappe would work but the he would need they would need to introduce him very carefully and slowly probably starting him out, out wide and then bring him um down the middle slowly uh i think that'll probably be the best way to do it unless if they're confident and he's shown that he can adapt quickly uh because we've seen players who've come to the league and adapted quickly People of a certain age remember Michu. Michu destroyed the league for mm-hmm. one season. Like, came from Mallorca, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Niggas yeah. didn't know who he was. Um, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, so I think, yeah, Bappe would have to leave. The one strike I was thinking about when you're talking about Mbappe, actually, one person people don't give respect to as much as they should, Jamie Vardy. Like, mm. he's he's an enigma, if I'm using the term correctly. Like, he can be Techers at times And he can be like Chicharito Just in the right place at the right time And you get these magnificent finishes These tap-in, Fox and the boss He's everything combined I think he's one of the most underrated strikers In terms of why has a big club not made an offer Beyond the one Arsenal made When Wenger was still there Which if they had done that I'm pretty sure it would have probably changed their fortunes for the better But there is no big club that's gone for him And I thought Chelsea is going to be that team Like a legit thought
2: Chelsea would make the leap and be like, okay, yeah, let's go, let's go get a Jamie Vardy. Wait, wait, Chelsea make a leap where? I'm saying to get a uh, Jamie Vardy. Oh,
0: to get Vardy, yeah. um. Yeah, I I I think they should. Chelsea need a striker anyway. I think they should. Um, it's just that they're obsessed with this Harland guy. <laughs> they, you know, they they're learning now what we learned last season that Dortmund don't play about their deadlines, man. <laughs> yep. So, um, but I think I think Vardy like Vardy's one of those guys who I've never um I don't watch Leicester that much, but I I've watched them enough when they played us and a few other games where they're playing rivals you know, like, you know, Vardy, he's one of those strikers, those English strikers that comes, ar- comes along every now and then. That's low-key, but pretty good. Like, like um, guy used to play for Everton. What's his name? Johnson. Adam Johnson? Yeah. I think it's that's him. Well, I'm thinking of somebody else. Something else. But there's an Everton guy, short guy, bold, used to play for Everton. He was quite a good goal scorer. You know, but also, like, you know, Jermaine Defoe yeah. is another one. Like, yeah. you know, Jermaine Defoe came across and was a prolific, prolific goal scorer, being able to just run with the ball, score amazing goals, being in the right place at the right time, great finisher. If you put him through, he was, you know, eight times, maybe nine times out of 10, mm. he was, you know, banging through the net. So Vadi's in that same, ilk. they come across every now and then, but it's always usually in the shadow of one striker that's great. And mm. for them right now, it is with Vadi's cane. So, um, you know, that, That's unfortunate for him, but I think he's respected, at least in the league, respected enough that they know, hey, his talent and all his caps for England, you know, also show that he's respected, you know, by, by at least the previous English managers and Southgate. He went to the 2018 World Cup, I think. So it's just that this time around, there's now England is moving to a place now where they're getting younger at that position. Mason Greenwood is coming up. Um, you know, Kane is also still a striker, you know, still a prolific striker. I, mean, I don't know. Who knows what Southgate's going to do? But yeah, Vadi Vardy definitely, definitely is underrated. That I won't lie. He's very underrated.
1: I think that is a player that Chelsea should stop chasing this Haaland White whale, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's great enough to want this player. But the money that um are going to want and the way they're going to hold out on him, because he's not going to get bad in one season. Like, he's proven that he's not just a target, man. He's a very nah, stupid player. He's
0: 21, man. He's yeah. not going to get bad at all. He's 21. Yeah.
1: He's, very, he's a very good player. I think um, Durbin will hold out. Uh, I think, you know what, like I keep saying, I don't know why why I want these players to go to City, but I think Haaland would fit so much at City in the same way that Kane would fit at City because I trust Pep as a manager that now I think he's finally learned the lesson of how to actually coach or work with like these quote-unquote prototypical strikers. Um, I think definitely that kind of... It's kind of like um Dominic Calvert-Lewin, another player who I think Chelsea should seriously consider. He's probably not gonna cost that much. I know there's that England player tax where you play, pay an extra twenty million if, if you're if he born in, in in the plus forty-four area code. Um and he's going internally. But he to wow. as well. But it's it's one of those <laughs> things, man, where he would I think he he needs to level up in terms of team. Because I saw at the beginning of last season, damn, he's good. Like he's really, really he's not just a tap in the back of the neck, kind of guy. He's, his runs are incredible, they're smart. He's very resourceful in the box. I think he's a player that, you know, Chelsea should probably be looking at. I think even United, to be honest. Because, now, I want to admit this live. I've given up on Martial. Like, I'm just done, to be honest. It's not even the injuries. Injuries are something you can't control, obviously. But, I mean, in the sense of leading the line, you don't know what you're going to get with him. He's like Nani. Nani would have a world world-beating game one night
0: yeah. yeah, and then the
1: next weekend you know chris eagles or or <laughs> darren gibson was a central midfielder probably better than him uh he's not consistent i, I don't think um um marshall is as consi- consi- consistent as 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 rashford i think we had this argument four years ago when we when we when i was arguing marshall's ceiling was higher than rashford's and he said no no rashford's is higher and i didn't see it at the time but i'm seeing it now that rashford's ceiling is probably he's still got quite a bit to fill up before he reaches the ceiling
0: Oh, my I'm so glad you brought up Rash because I've been meaning to, to to kind of spread the gospel on Rashid. But to touch on your Marshall thing, I'm 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 waiting to see what happens this year. I'm in a I'm in a prove it year right now because mm. I understand last season just the circumstances of it. You know, like even with Donnie, like just to touch on that too. Like Donnie, the reason why you didn't really kind of fit in is because the man got bored September second. You only was allowed to then train September nine, and then we had a hectic schedule where we actually didn't have full week training for like a a, a long time. So for some owns guy, if you went, if your adaptability wasn't like on point, it was gonna take them a lot of time, you know, to kind of adjust and play. And also because the number ten position, that the role of the number ten position is different to the the ten kind of number ten he plays, you know. So his position announced was going to be a box to box midfielder, but he couldn't play that because we didn't have a defensive, midfielder. it was a whole thing. So his struggles last season were understandable, but I, do, I, I think if the, it also the coaching, they have to open up the framework in order to facilitate, um, a play of his capabilities. And I think they're trying to do that this year. So we'll see. But had the, yeah, the fact that he made a conscious effort to kind of fill out and get a little bit more, um, you know, strong and, you know, bulk up a little bit, that's good. For him, at least, because now at least he can play that number eight position. in because I think they said that in, in our team, his best position is the number eight, as a box-to-box box midfielder, as a number eight, and that probably is. Um. So, but you know, with Martial, I'm gonna prove it. Yeah, now it's like you're 25. This is you're now entering your prime. I saw flashes last season, where you know you looked, you know where you know you looked like your old self again. The Leeds game was actually one of his best games, if not his best. His link-up play. His link up play, when Marcel's at number nine, people don't understand this. His link, when he was at number nine and he's on form, he's our best number nine. Because his link up play is ridiculous. Mm. Like, absolutely ridiculous. It's just that, like you're saying, he's up one day and then he's down one day. And I think I'm trying to see what happens now that he will have, you know, will have a normal schedule. But I always felt like Rashford's ceiling was higher and I was a doubter at first as well. But then, you know, I started to watch him play and I was like, Started watching kind of come into his own under Ole and I was like, hmm, there is a player here for sure. You know, and it was really the one because I mean I took a break from United. You know me, man. I, mean, I think during <laughs> those years, United was, at the beginning, they like after Jose and then Ole after Ole's, you know, um purple, not purple bad, but like Ole's like golden run when he took over, and then after that first loss, then I was like then you know there was just drama after that. So, you know, I took a break from United. Not gonna lie, I was just checking this house, You know, just emotionally checked out. And then there was a City game that away from home that we won. Um, and I watched. The, I remember watching the highlights because I was like, Ah, oh, a well, beat Pep Let me go see this. <laughs> and I will I will talk about this highlight for the rest of his career. Do you remember that we went to the counter attack? came into Martial, was it Lingard or somebody on the right? And Rashford was making a run-in. We were battering them the first 25 minutes, just giving them all kinds of business. And Rashford made a run-in off the left towards the center, right, and then stopped. And then the defender ran. The defender bit the run, so he stopped to create space, and the ball came to him. He one touch with the studs, stopped it with the studs. Next touch was to curl it. It hit the crossbar. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, God oh digits. my God. If he had scored that, that he would call. have just, he would have, he would have literally skyrocketed into world class, mm. that atmosphere, that stratosphere, but he didn't score it. And, but it's still, my point is that, you know, that was when I was like, oh, oh, okay. There's a special player here. And last season, right? There's a whole bunch of talk about his performances because, you know, towards the end, they were very inconsistent. And there's a reason for it because the guy's been injured for the last two years. You know, he's had a foot injury or a foot or a foot issue. Let's say that's been, you know, that's been um, affecting him for a while and that has fucked up his technique, Mm. you know, and shout out to the Twitter handle uh, United Arena. He's the one that did a deep dive on this shit. Mm. Um, but he was, he was for the longest time that, that season, he was just pointing out, especially this last season. That Rashford has had a bunch of injuries that have kind of fucked up his technique. So a lot of the time, especially remember like when post, um, post lockdown, he was like finding, you know, he was finding his way back into the thing.
2: And
0: he didn't really get into rhythm, his performances at least, but he's, Still so, like there was there was a really long period of time last season. Incredible. Like <laughs> incredible. Like their games, like the, the game the goal I, I'll forget I'll remember from last season two, the Brighton one where he, he faked, shifted to his left, then scored um on Ben White, and then there was um there was another goal against Newcastle where he picked the ball up at the halfway there, you know, Nutmeg ran it forward. The defender came back in front. He cut inside little struts tap goal on the inside post. I was like, ah, <laughs> you people, you people. Yeah. He is man. And the thing is the, the cool the, the cherry on top of all of this why I, I believed in it was, was when um somebody was talking about I think it was um Bape. Well, somebody was, it was a French player who was talking about how Pogba, about Rashford. And Pogba was like, was it Mbappe? I think it was Mbappe. Was saying that, yeah, I talk about, I talk to um, Pogba about Rashford all the time. And he says he's one of the most talented players he's ever played around. And I'm like, yo, this, this guy, that's, that's coming from Pogba. And Pogba was also one of the most skillful players. So Pogba Pogba's saying that, man, and you know, that's high regard, mm. man. High, high regard. So Rashford, I'm I'm excited. I'm glad he, he took the time and he put his foot down on getting healthy and getting his operation done. Because you go check his stats, man. This is with a shoulder injury and an ankle and foot problem, and he put up those stats. And if you go watch some of his comps and his highlights, the skills he was doing, his understanding of the game, mm. the touch and finishes. Oh my God! I mean, like the Granada goal, mm. the 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 the. the Goal against Liverpool that he created for for Greenwood. That one week he skipped over who? Um I don't know who he skipped over. Remember that man? He skipped over the guy. Came back inside on the le- on the left footy one time to the other side. Cuts inside cross ball to Greenwood. Perfect ball as well. Yeah, on the Greenwood money. one touch finish. Yeah, on the money. Like come on man. Even yeah. like somebody. How many assists did he give to was- um, Cavani? And then wow. Move. Like remember. The-
1: because he had like the most assists, yeah. right? And then he was fast fastest player to 50 goals or something like that last season. And this is all factoring in that, as you said, the dude was wounded most of the season, mm. and the inconsistencies yeah. made sense because, like, the toll just be just like I didn't even want him to go to the Euros. Like I know you wanted to go. because You wanted to go. And but... I
0: think he said that too. He wrote mm. it down. I think he wrote somewhere he said, "If I had known," and he's like he said, "Hindsight is hindsight." But if I had known that um, I wouldn't play that big of a part in the Euros, would I have rethought my decision? Hmm. So he knows he knows that I think it was good hindsight. That's why he, he kind of put his foot down, saying, "No, no, no, I gotta get this shit done now," because hmm. it it's lingering, it's hindering him. And you know, it it people wouldn't say people will think that ah no, you know, if, if shoulder injury doesn't affect it does man because hmm. um who was talking LeBron LeBron James was talking about how everything is connected for an athlete like in terms of the body you know the ailments it's all connected you know. So for owns, for us owns who don't understand, like we think about, oh, it's a shoulder injury. How does that affect a man's technique? You have no idea how that does, man. Just being able to move, you know, as an athlete, all that shit is all connected for them. So it it definitely took its toll on it.
1: And and you know, it's why I like Rashford now is because of that conversation we had, I think, four or five years ago. Where we said, dude, the dude is not a striker. Like LVG put him in that position simply because it was just a needs must. We didn't have anyone to play the position, but in the, I remember watching him in the 19s, he was a right winger. And if that's the one position we agreed we probably played because his delivery is so good that the left, he's more of an inverted sort of forward, but on the right, he's more of a winger winger. And I think now since we have Sancho, he can now more probably specialize on that left-hand side, but moving him off the number nine position was probably the best thing for him. Because he is good, but not in those spaces. If you dedicate him to those champions, I don't think he works as well as most people think he does.
0: As long as you change his role. Like, you can't have him be target man. Yeah. If you're going to play him in the number nine. If you're going to play him there, you're going to have to have him be kind of false nine-ish. That's why he only plays striker if we're in the three-five-two.
1: Yeah. Because he's got someone else up there with him instead of him just being out there exactly. alone. Yeah. Because it makes sense because of his mobility. And I think that's the difference between him and Greenwood, for example. Because Greenwood, you can stick him at the number nine. That dude, you know, like I haven't watched his youth games. Because I remember raving about the kid during his youth game, youth days. And I was like,
2: mm. he, stick him
1: at the number nine. His, his size doesn't matter. The dude is smart enough. He's two-footed in a crazy way. Like his left foot shots remind me of Van Persie a lot. That it's it's going low. It's going low corner. All the time like i remember watching the the, the training videos uh you know where you where you get a glimpse on mutv or whatever and the shot's always going to the corner and it's powerful it's sure i don't wonder what, what kind of confidence he has in his, in his shot but especially if he's coming off his left it's over like it's done like mm-hmm. in and around the box yeah it's, it's going to at the really is going to be on target so he's different from raf and that sorry from greenwood because like greenwood is i think being played out of position on the right i think we're just doing it simply be, we did it because we didn't have a player to put there I don't think he trusted Daniel James that much in terms of finishing, nor that he did Amadia. And also
0: physicality as well. Yeah. Like Greenwood wasn't ready to kind of play for, from a physicality perspective. He wasn't ready to play number nine. Because mm. of the way he plays, he's a back, he, he, he keeps, like he's a number nine in that mentally. Like he, he would hold the defender on his back to link. His linker play is getting better and better.
1: I think it's, it's even even his finishing as well, because I think Cavani being in the team as well, um, it's kind of helped mm. him in terms of just being decisive. And I think his runs are getting better because I, people understate what what in, an elder uh, an elder statesman kind of player does when he comes into a team. Because Cavani coming into a team, they watch him, they watch mm. what he does. Like no one's runs are as better timed as Cavani's right now in the Prem. I'm not even mm. overblowing this, but that dude knows where to be. And I think. Uh.
0: Uh, bruh, no, this he's, he. There's two goals that I know, like that I that, that I tested. The, the the goal he scored against Aston Villa, mm. um, where he kind of just drifted, drifted on the mm. left, and then made a decisive run, and nobody he drifts in and around the box, and defenders lose sight of him, mm. and then he just do, 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 calls in, and then he scores. He did it against against Tottenham as well. Yeah. He lost Dyer, and and I, I don't know who else the other defender but he lost them. He was literally just chilling behind them. They didn't even know where he was. And so when when the pass came into him for for Fred's goal, Onzo like, <laughs> and then he's right there behind him. And then the second goal that he scored as well, the same thing happened. He was literally just chilling there. Literally just chilling there, being like, just looking at, at at Greenwood and Bruno and saying, hey, hey, I'm here. I'm here. This one doesn't know. I'm here. This guy doesn't know. And then the moment Greenwood found him, they're like, boom, there mm-hmm. it is.
1: Yeah, he's, he's something else. I think that they, they watch him a lot and they see what he does in terms of being in and around the box. Um, there's just, and I think Cavani, the fact that his size, he can't be intimidated by by, by like defenders can't intimidate because he's, a, he's yeah. a big lad. So it's really difficult to be like to try and push him around. Kind of like when Zlatan was at United. Like, yeah, there was no way you were going to make. It. And the thing is, he's sprightly. Even with his with, with the size, which kind of throws people off. Because in your head you kind of got an idea of, oh no, I think I got him, I think I got him. But then he just makes one or two moves and and, and, and he's in and around. And I think Ole's system works so much for him because Ole yeah. kind of played that same way. Where Ole was never the most technical when it comes to strikers, but knowing where to be. And opening up himself to receive a ball and crosses, and it didn't help with the Ubeks and Giggs were were around him. So it was basically, you know, they couldn't miss <laughs> because you you just need to find the zones where you need to be. Um, so I think oh. Greenwood Green <laughs> will get so much better uh, as time goes on. Mm. I think he'll get mm. he'll get even even more assured, even more confident uh, as long mm. as the press stay off his back. Um, because I think that's one of the things that's hurt someone like Sterling, um, because sterling had two seasons ago he started off i think he was on eight or nine goals i remember talking and saying if sterling has a 30 goal season he's breached world class he's now not not just a good player
0: sterling was the reason why pep he's the reason pep hasn't won a Champions
2: league
0: Mm. i swear man i'm gonna hold that theory down for as long as i can whatever he's the reason why sterling sterling was was what the thing is about pep is that pep The reason why he hasn't won the Champions Somebody said this a while ago and they were right. The Pep hasn't won the Champions League because he doesn't have Messi. Mm. Simple as that. That system worked perfectly when Messi was in it. And everybody would bring up the City highlights and the City 100 record year and be like... And I'm like, for those of us who suffered through two Champions League finals Mm. against Barcelona with Messi and Pep Guardiola, Mm. hear us when we say that those two teams... It does not get better for Pep those two teams. Yeah. That was when his system worked to perfection, and the reason why it did, because of Messi. There was a remember that Champions League game against Madrid. People forget that Champions League um, tie against Madrid in 2011, but that tie was a deadlock, complete deadlock, and one man changed it by himself, mm. Messi. Of okay, course, well, the referees in that game—that's another thing. Do- but <laughs> M- More, Mourinho was on his way to. Kind of stifling that whole series, that whole leg in the second leg, especially. What was it the first leg? I don't remember. The game of the burnabout. he was on his way to really just stifling that 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 whole um, time. Mm. And Messi took the game over by he scored one goal, which was a brilliant team goal, and then the second one where he literally like uh, that that play, man. I, I I remember it like it was yesterday, man. What's his name? Busquets gets the ball and just Messi just says, just give it to me, just give it to me he uh, you know, you know the wasting time let's give it to me then ta 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 goal <laughs> goal tie over two away goals that's it it was it was so you know and the, my point is like sterling was supposed to be something not close to that but at least have that sort of effect in pep's system and if he did i truly believe pep would have been uh a, a he would have had more Champions Leagues if he would have won more, at least, at the most, one more Champions League mm. in the city. But because he wasn't, he had to then rely on Aguero, who wasn't reliable in those situations. And then it was like Gabriel Sus, and he wasn't reliable. And then Sterling, you know, two seasons ago, last season at least, or two seasons ago, you know, then ended up port some, you know, and even this season, port you know, just wayward, wayward, missing chances in crucial moments. Yeah. And that's hindered them. And you know, that's why, you know, they should have get they should go get Haaland if they need if they wanted to. I don't know why they're gonna agree. I think they're trying to do what they couldn't do with Sterling. they're trying to do with Foden. I think. Uh Phil and Phil Pep has already said he's the most talented player he's ever coached in like, you know.
1: Yeah, but, but Pep says that a lot. He says that about Kevin De Bruyne. Uh says that about Messi. Said that about Joshua Kimmich. I think Kimmich said the same thing about Kimmich as well. So I always take that with a grain of salt when he says that. Um uh, but yeah, I think I think Haaland would probably complete the team. Um in terms of them getting like a proper number nine. Holland Kane would, would
0: too, man. Let's not lie about that. Yeah. Kane Kane would too.
1: Yeah, Kane would definitely fit in. I think I think Kane is the ready made package. He's the guy who would just walk into that team. Haaland uh, would probably take a little bit of time because he's still young and uh, learning um, Pep's ways would take time. But what we've seen already from Kane with what he was doing with Son, without a really established midfield, man, KDB, Kane, I I see nightmares, man. And those games I watch with one eye. Like, what's going on? KDB, like, I, I've been saying for, for, I think the last two, three years, I think we said the same thing at some point in the last three years, that KDB has been the best player in the world and hasn't won the Ballon d'Or. And
0: there was a year. I don't know yeah. if it's last three years, but there was that year they broke the record. Mm. He was the best player in the world that year. Yeah. He didn't yeah. get it because I think their owns were better than him. I think Messi got it that year in like, a Yeah,
1: it's it's, it's limp, So what, what are you going to do? But like in in terms of if you get KDB and Harry Kane, I think you just unlock so much because now create creatively you're not ha- hamstrung to KDB hitting those long balls. I think now it works better because uh kane will also mm. allow you when he drops off to let kdb run on which is a nightmare because dude can also finish which is a side of his game we haven't really seen because mm. he's, he's pulling the strings so it'll be scary to then get him into those more advanced positions because look at imagine okay put um put son in kind of the, the places where uh put kdb where son was in, in in hurricane situation like that sort of tandem that dynamic that they had that's that's scary and kdb mm. is. I think he's a more talented player. So I think he'll probably find himself in better positions, making even better decisions. If it's not going to be a goal, it's going to be an assist. So the conversions in those sort of situations will be a lot higher. So, no, I ah, no. uh, If If they get, I'd rather they get Harlan, to be honest. Harlan, because it's a project. Kane is, it's, it's plug and play because the dude is, is, his football brain is incredible. People don't give him enough credit. Uh, I also think
2: mm-hmm.
1: if they do get, um, Harry Kane. I think the fortunes will open up a bit for for, for Sterling. Uh, I know it's, he hasn't helped himself. Um, he's just been unlucky, to be honest. In some cases, like he's really been unlucky in in some of the you know some of the chances yeah. missed. And I know were, like to be honest, because like you be <laughs> like you can literally bury it. I mean, there's another Adam where he skied and I was like,
0: uh, no, the, the, the game, the Champions League lost to to Lyon last season yes. two seasons ago. That yes. is all on Sterling. That is all <laughs> on him. The one he, the chance he puts that way he flipped it over the bar in an open net. Ah,
2: he's like, him
0: for oh, ah, sure. oh, oh, oh no, Sterling. Nah, I got <laughs> he's got a hex on him. There's mm. some kind of hex on him that, that just hinders him from scoring crucial goals mm. for City because he was doing all that for England. Yeah. I know Pep was like, I know Pep was just sitting there like, oh, so now he wants to score crucial goals. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> like I know for sure Pep was just sitting there. Um, first thing he told me when he walked back into the, the city um, facilities was like, um, <laughs> in the Champions League final, I put you on there. and watch Port Summer my chance. England, you scored three clutch goals. You
1: <laughs> I think not it's to be honest. to be honest, and I, you know, this is one thing that made me, because I remember at the beginning before the Euros, there were rumors that Anzi, I, I don't even know if they were true, but people were throwing around rumors could the um, City will be open to swapping Kane for Sterling, probably swapping top like what we do so often. It was
0: right before Euros, yeah, yeah right before, before Euros. Euros, yeah. So you started scoring goals, and then that that went out the window really quickly.
1: Quick. So I'm like, yeah why don't you like? I think they'll be willing to give up Sterling to get Kane. And I think they've got enough out wide with Mares and Foden and Ferran Torres and whatnot to make it work. I think they've, they can also get a bunch more people. I also think that Pep, his biggest regret, and he won't openly admit this, and I'm speaking as if I'm a football insider, but you know what? Hear me out here. Jaden Sancho was probably his biggest mistake. No matter how many times he wanted him to stay or tried to make him stay, not what he did at at, at Dortmund, oh. just arriving. Because remember we then measure. Because look at KDB. KDB went to from Chelsea had that slump when Mourinho couldn't find a. Oh, I think it was Mourinho couldn't find a place for him. He went to was it Wolfsburg? I think. Immediately we saw what you what the player could do when given the responsibility in the time. Jaden Sancho is if he had Sancho, he would have sold K Um, Kane would have sold uh, Sterling a long time ago. Sterling would not be mm-hmm. in this squad did he have Jaden Sancho in that team? Because I think Sancho is smart enough as a footballer to understand what what, what Pep wants because his demands are pretty high in terms of what he wants, from, especially the, if, especially when he, when he hyper-focuses on a player, like what we saw with Foden. Foden is extremely coachable from what we saw from him in, in his play for England, although in the Euros it wasn't really anything to, to, to write home about. But Sancho on that right-hand side, or probably on the left-hand side with Marius on the right, he had his team. Mm. He had he probably had his man, not necessarily the Messi to score, but the man to create chances, and it would have made it easier to find a striker, to be honest. And you could have put anyone there, yeah, Nacho, <laughs> I mean anyone, because Sancho's gonna yeah, get him could. the ball.
0: Yeah, Pips Pip, um, you can know always you could tell that Pip was annoyed that Sancho left because um, there was an I think there was an interview he did right after it happened, and he was very prickly. Mm. Saying if a player doesn't want to be here, then uh, what, what can I do? Da, 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 da. Very thing. So you could tell he was super annoyed because they were they were on their way, man. Foden and Sancho. Woo! Mm. Yeah.
2: So that would have been.
0: I am so so happy Sancho was independent and I wanted to start. I am so happy that happened because it was his desire to play. Like he wasn't willing to chill. Foden was like, I'm gonna chill it out. I'm gonna stay. You know, it was probably better for him because it worked out. Mm. For Sancho, Sancho was like, nah, man, 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 I can play. But at that time, there was Sterling ahead of him. There was, um, Bernardo Silva was ahead of him as well. There was De Bruyne. And you know, Pep, at that time, he was tinkering with the squad in a way where, you know, sometimes Jesus sus who start on the left or in the wings and there was Myers. Also, there was just, there was no real avenue for him to get into that team, to be very honest. And, and he wasn't willing to be the project. You know, the project on who gets, you know, cause in Pep's teams, bruh, you don't really play, bruh. You don't play as a youngster until it's like late, like maybe you play a calling, you know, the, the Caribou Cup. Maybe. Or you get like a garbage minutes after a game where they've cheated on. Maybe, maybe. But Pep is stubborn with his lineup almost as much as Ole is. Pep is stubborn with his rotation. And so he won't, you know, where Ole will let in a whole bunch of tea like out of desperation or just be carry on the tradition. Pep will be like, nah, this is my team. These 15 players on my team and everybody outside of that, if you're the bottom half of those 15, you may or may not see the games. So uh, Sancho made, you know, I'm I'm sure Prep regrets it. I mean, maybe not. He's won a bunch of titles since then. But just in terms of what he would have had and being able to build a team that worked more fluidly than he, he would like, I know for sure he would have won the Sancho. Thank God he doesn't have him. Because yep. Now we have him. Yep. And he's going to make us better. Definitely. Way, way better.
1: It's good to be a United yeah. fan, to be honest. Because looking at our team now, um, the one the one position that we've both quibbled about on and on um, is holding midfielder. We need we need a CDM, not like we don't need anything fancy, to be honest. Because uh, I think the group I was talking to Mandler and I was like, you know what? Put Lindelof there. I said this last season and the season before.
2: Mm.
1: We don't need anything fancy. If we learned anything from Ferguson, remember when we went away to Madrid when Wolbeck did bits at the Bernabeu um where mm-hmm. phil jones was playing holding mid. we don't need anything fancy if you've got enough creativity ahead of him like put put lindelof there lindelof can pass like guys don't hit on the dude like he might not be able to to to, to be a last ditch defender but he's li- he's, a, he's less of a liability in that position and he can pass the ball out he's, he's confident on the ball he might need to get a you know that working a little bit but if you can't get yeah vinga or or um what's the way after Kamavinga or Neves or uh, Sao Niguez. Sao who's not necessarily technically a holding midfielder anymore, but he can play the position. But if we we can't get any of those guys in in terms of uh, money and all that kind of stuff, which I think those reports saying United need to sell or Oli was given 100 mil, after that Super League nonsense, they're going to give him whatever he wants. They're going to give him whatever he wants for them to win favor with with the fans back. The Glazers are going to give him t If if he wants another 50 mil, I will not be surprised if he gets it. Maybe there's some financial fair play stuff going on in the background. But to be honest, if the money yeah, is there to so give so him,
0: FAT, yeah.
1: yeah, If if the money is there to be given to him and they within financial fair play, they're going to give all of the money. I'm not even worried about like I'm 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 20% worried about Pogba. Like 80% of I don't care. Stay go do your thing, man. But. I'm more, I, I think that he now sees that the team is probably in a position to challenge. I think this is just Rayola, you know, messing with, with, with the front office. But back to our team, man, put Lindelof up there. If you can't put Ghana, Ghana is my shout. Kid is good. I don't know. I don't mm. I, I honestly don't know who else I'm going to prophesy about this kid. It's not like Sean Goss three years ago when I say Sean Goss is going to be the next Michael Carrick, but I mean, Ghana is good. He is really, he is good. Like, if we going to put Ghana, put Lindelof there. I don't want to see Matic. I don't want to see, I don't want to see McFreda anywhere near the team. If anything, those guys should, be, should all bounce. Particularly, uh, Scott McDominay. McSauce did his bids. We enjoyed it, but you know, ah, uh, hey, bruh, it's time to go. McSauce, we,
0: no, McSauce, he's, um, yeah, no, holding, yeah, holding midfield is definitely a, 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 a point, I think, where, um, if we get one, then the team kind of functions the way all it does, and it's all just like I talked about. I think I talked about ZZ4, but it's all very eerily similar to like oh, Sir Alex's first years. Now I don't want to say that he's going to be Sir Alex. No, no, no. People are going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the process of a rebuild or the process of rebuilding the club is very similar to 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 item, to Sir Alex Ferguson's first four years. All the way down to the all out. Actually, that 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 was a very surprising thing mm. that Ferguson got Fergie out calls yep. from fans way back when. Like, mm. I, you know, it just it was it was it was hilarious to know that our fans have been like this for 30 plus years. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I thought it was just a new phenomenon, but it's not. It's been like this for years. Um But it's very similar in that sense where he needed to sort out his midfield. And then he got Inns, and then he got keen, and then things kind of took off from there. And then he got skulls and then it was perfect. Um So <clears throat> we're, and it's also this, the same, remember, 05, 06, where we didn't have Carrick, and then we got him, and then the team kind of took off after that. So we're in the same kind of similar situation, and the club knows that. That's why they were chasing Dirk and Rice, but West Ham is, is going to protect that asset to get as much value from it, so that's unrealistic now. Um, but that's the one for all his section that you all is pro pro typical. If all his first choice, that's what he wants. The second choice is the never is solved or whatever. I'd want Garner, but I think they said that Garner's is like a year out from being Premier League ready. Um you know, there's a physicality that he wants in that position that they don't quite know if um Garner is ready to handle. They're they're all about being that coaching staff is all about being sure they're not gonna take risks. Unless absolutely they have to. So, you know, that midfield, I, I, I don't really, like, I'm not really worried about that midfield. Because I know for sure they want to take care of it. Like, for sure, for sure, they want to take care of it. The fact that they signed Farad means that they know they want to take care of it. They are sick. Because people thought that last year that, you know, Oli was playing that McFred thing because that's what he liked and that's what he wanted. Hell no. That shit pissed him off. So many times that shit pissed him off. He was annoyed as we were with that, that, that pivot. But he knew he had to because you know there was just there's, there were issues with Lindelof that defense in terms of getting caught out and stuff. But with with Varane and Maguire, this, that that you know that doesn't seem like it's a thing that we need to worry about, at least just theoretically speaking. So there's room now for just having one guy, and they want to go get somebody who can just do the dirty work. And Saul, I think, is the one I believe is is feasible. He can do it. I would want Ghana, no problem. But if they feel like he's physically not ready, then, you know, at the most, I'd want him as just a squad player. But I think it's a case of the wage bill. That's why he can't stay. I think if it was, if more players went out, he'd probably stay and just get his higher education with us. But, you know, because that's not the case and selling players is hard, I think he might go on loan. But once we get a holding mid, man, that's, you know, even I could, I think if we don't get one this window, I'm pretty sure they're gonna experiment. I wouldn't be surprised if they do experiment with Lindelof there, Um, just to see how it is. My only gripe with Lindelof there is that there's aspects of being about being a midfielder that he, would be unnatural to him. You will have to learn like playing with your back, you know, playing with your back to the action mm. to receive the ball, kind of thing. That would be unnatural for him. The movement it will take to shake off a defender, you become tough, stuff like that, which I think is coachable. If you're given enough time to learn. Um but I think in certain games where they won't press iron or sit back, I think you can probably maybe experiment with that. I think they're gonna run a few experiments with because now that we have so many options, at least with Sancho it opens up a whole bunch of stuff. With Varane, it also gives us a little bit extra security that so there's time to experiment with a few different formations and players. But the moment we get one, then you know, I truly believe we can fuck around and do something special. Whether it's sustainable or not, that's the whole thing. But I've truly, once we get a hold in midfield, that, that's when we can really, I will re, literally, that's when I will entertain to a title talk and being able to challenge for the title. Until then, I'm just really like, hey, bruh, if luck is on our side, then luck is on our side.
1: Right, right, right. Like, I, 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 I get the whole, they want to sort of the position, but I'm still worried that um, they're content with what they have now. In terms of, because uh, Fred improved, I was watching a bit of his Copa America highlights. He he has improved considerably. Um Matomine, I I don't know what he does well. Um, because
0: he's it, a, he's 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 a box to box that plays higher up the pitch. that's yeah. that's the honest to god thing about him. He makes runs in the I don't like he's the in the ilk of Goretzka. That's what he's he's like. He's these those kind of players who they're not really great at defensive work. It's just that they're very aggressive and they. You know, they work very hard on the pitch. But if you put them higher up the pitch, they're somehow, some way very effective. Mm. You know, just from sheer determination. That's who McTominay is. Because yeah.
1: uh, Fred, Fred, I thought Fred was more of an attacking player. But then, because when he was at um, that Ukrainian club, I forgot what it was when we, bought, when we got him. And then he came to be more of a, you know, Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar Donetsk. How could I forget that? Yeah, yeah. Um, And then... Um he then came to United and then you know there was experimentation with him, you know, try to play him a little bit higher up, try to play him a bit out wide, and then they played him centrally. And I'm like, Okay, when you play him deeper, he's got the physical the thing is he's 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 a runner, he's easy when he pulls off a brilliant pass, you can see the Brazilian mm. in him come out. Like okay, the, there's mm. a Brazilian there. Then there are the moments where you're like, <laughs> because there's no fucking way you're Brazilian. Like <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, yeah. It is, no, it is so frustrating.
1: He he's, he gets those moments where you're like, I'm so impressed, and then other moments are like, is that inconsistency that he has? And I think, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Ghana,
1: Albright, those two. Albright might be too young, might be too small, uh to play the position. I think he might need to prove himself a little bit more. He might be one that we might let go off and be very upset, uh, because I jumped on the hype train after you put me onto him, and I was like, yeah, no, he's he's legit in terms of confidence, and I think he's the one who'll cry about when he goes. Uh, because he's extremely, extre- extremely talented. Um, but he's probably not going to see first division yeah,
0: for a it while. Yeah, he requires, yeah, he, 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 he needs, um, I think Ole likes him, but I think there's a, it's, it's a physicality. Ole wants his is midfielders to be a, 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 at a certain physical. He wants physicality from his midfielders mm. because, you know, in that position, you're going to be dealing with press, high pressing from strikers, very physical strikers. Sometimes you get a midfielder who will come up at at you as well. So you need to be able to handle that in the Premier League and, and, you know, that aspect. And also just being able to cover the, 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 the the defensive side of of the game, being able to cover, read dangers, you know, scuff it out. Goldbread from a talent, I think Goldbread will end up, he will be good if he develops that aspect of, he needs to go on loan. We need to kind of see how he handles. Professional level of football, you know, then I'll be able to gauge. But I won't be surprised if he does go. That's for sure.
1: I think it's it's uh it's gonna be same situation with the team of the mentor, who coming from Ajax was quite a, was a big prospect. The Prem just kind of changed him, and then he became a right back somehow, um, which I think was kind of weird. they went to Fulham on loan, didn't really work out. I think if Ghana can, if if they won't play Ghana this season, send him to another Premier League club, especially one that's just They're
0: trying to, yeah
1: yeah just They're one that's to do promoted. That's uh Colbert, I thought as well, let them, you know, cut their teeth in the prim, because I think he went to knots the last time and he was unbelievable. Because I was going through his highlights reel on 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 YouTube. I was like, you know what? This is what I saw when I saw him playing for the for the youth team. Like extremely confident. Uh he might not be the the the, the, the biggest in terms of filling out, but on the ball, his ability to just move the ball forward when we need it. Like there's a video I posted on Twitter yesterday, um about Anthony Carrick. When uh, Rio was saying,
0: oh yeah, I know, saw that. Yeah, 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 like
1: he's that. He's not at that level of, of refinement, of course, because that was that video was more character in, in his in his latter years when he was now you know in his final form but getting old. But he has that ability to just stick a ball through to see, especially that pass to Mata at, at the very end. You know what I mean in the, in the video? Oh. I think he Ghana's got that. Um, Matic, oh. Matic four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, probably Matic now. Yeah, why, why we're sentimental with him? I have no idea. Although, maybe if you do, nah, like... he's
0: trying to get his coaching badges, yeah, huh? oh, trying man. to get his coaching shit. Yeah, yeah, he's doing his coaching badges. So, you're we like, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't think we plan on playing him that much, though. I think that's why, you know, it's that's why there's an emphasis on trying to get a move on. But yeah, Matic, even that's like the prototype, his type of defensive midfielder. That's mm. like the perfect, the perfect, like if it was Matic, yeah, that's why I think somebody said that two... 27 year old at 26. That was the guy that would, that's the guy who would fill out our team perfectly. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. Just that material is like that, man. The only one that's like that is Brezovic. Um, I think for new, for, for, um, what's it called? No, there's one, This Brezovic is one for, from Winter Milan. He's like that. The other one that I think is like that is Conrad Leimer from from, um, what's it called? RB Leipzig.
1: Leipzig, Leipzig yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's another one, but um, they're not looking at him. They want Kamavinga for obvious reasons, but I think Kamavinga's 18 and there's an upside there. There's enough... He's one of those... He's they, 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 From what I've seen from him, there's enough potential where you could mold him into being one of three kind of midfielders, defensive minded mm. midfielders. This this defensive um, foundation is pretty good, mm. you could do a bunch of things with him. But um, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how the club... I just know they're identifying it now. The only hold-up is that Pogba, the situation with Pogba, they're identifying different profiles because if Pogba goes, then they're thinking, oh, okay, then we need to get somebody who can create from deep because we our midfield, our creativity for midfield is much Just if he goes... If he stays, then we need to go get an enforcer. Now, you know, with the guy who's defensively minded, good at tackling to cover for him because he can't play in the pivot unless he's playing with somebody who's proficient defensively. So that's the holdup for it. But we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's uh, It's been a great summer. I won't lie. My club is looking, our club is looking like, a, it's been acting like a like a real club for the first time in like seven years. <laughs> like they finally woke uh, up and they yeah. decided, oh yeah, we're, you know. We're a cyber bullying Cyberbullying works apparently. <laughs> Cyberbullying
1: works. Which is true. Because uh, I think we would have had this summer in in Moise's, Moy's Gordon, cruise and all those people that he wanted to get. I think this is the summer we would have had way back when, but it didn't happen for obvious reasons. Uh It's the summer that we thought we had when we got Anna's Latin and whatnot. But again, that never really kind of worked out. This one makes sense because we're building foundations. We're not necessarily building.
2: Mm.
1: We're, we're getting quality where we needed, like people were in their prime. And we're getting youth where, where we need, where we see this player playing for us for the next five, six, seven years. Because um, yeah. our signing makes sense for the immediacy because we need someone there to show up the defense. Speaking of defense, when Luke Shaw's back and Aaron wan posaka back, listen, I am not gonna hype. Up, I'm not gonna hype the team up, but that is probably the best defense in the world. No joke. Because I'm Luke, not gonna
0: beat there. I have to see it. I have to see it. Anna, I'm I saying. I'm saying in, it. I'm on paper.
1: On paper. On paper. Luke Shaw, left okay. back.
0: Luke, uh, Luke, 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 yeah.
1: Maguire is not a world in terms of a defender, but he's been consistent and good. Varane is.
0: He good. defends the modern game well. The modern yeah. way of defending, like Vidic said, it he does everything well. He's not great at one thing, and but eight out of ten across the board. Mm. That's that's what Vidic said, and I mm. agree with that mm. that analysis of it.
1: Then you get Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the right, who literally can tackle, who can get the ball back from you any which way he wants. So which is tackling mm. ability something that you know is become a meme at this point because he's just that good at it. Um, mm. That Tracking back and he gets a sniff, it looks like a penalty. Like it, It's it's like he is a private school bye. Because when bye goes in like that, it's a penalty. Like We all know it's over. But when Wan-Bissaka does it for whatever reason, right. it, it looks clean. So I think it's, it's probably up there in terms of best defenders in the world, in terms of just defensively. Going forward, I know Wan-Bissaka has to do a lot more work in terms of the delivery stuff he was doing from the right when he was at Crystal Palace. But I think he had a f- assists, ridiculous number of assists when he was there. Maybe the role changed when he came to United. But I know Luke Shaw, after, I think he has a rib injury or something, a broken rib or something. Once that gets sorted out, I hope he still hits the ground running and there's a new contract for him apparently on the way. Uh, so yeah. he needs earned it. And man, Luke Shaw, yeah, yeah, love for that guy. Incredible. That dude is... He, he went. He, he went. He went through the most. Like they bought his replacement. Tejas was supposed to be the guy that was supposed to replace him. Because uh, I think they were like, hmm, well, on if we go this dude. I at the beginning of the season I was frustrated with him, but as the season went on and on and on, his confidence and consistency went up. And I think playing with Rashford helps. To be honest, I think he just found a person who handles with really well. Oh, definitely
0: yeah. does. No, it does, man. He does so well with show, with, with with Rashford. Yeah. I, I won't deny. It. He does very well with him. And sure, the thing with him was that he just needed the confidence, you know, really. And Tellez came in to kind of give him that. And um he just acts as now he's in the prime of his life. Got even respect from Roberto Carlos. Mm. Um so he just needs to keep getting better. And he's I didn't even know he was twenty five, man. He's he's young, really man. right bang in the prime, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right in his prime. We can go on about football until the until the cows come home. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the time I'm like hmm. You've been at this we for
0: a while. <laughs> yeah, we we, we we definitely bad, man. But, uh, yeah, I just want to sign up with one more thing before we go. It says, um, somebody said that Havertz is like Zidane and I fought that and I fought it and then I watched him play. And if he tightens up his technique, I don't think he realized how good he is. I honestly don't. I don't think he even knows, which is a little scary and a little whatever, but. His the only thing that's fucking him up now, like any young player, is that his technique is not the final piece. Mm. He's not really in control of what he wants to do with the football. Because that's what I don't think you'll ever get a player like Zidane who was just in complete control yeah. of what they wanted to do with the football. But Havertz, he has that. He, he how can I say it? He's tapping into that 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 power. Mm. He's tapping into that that kind of play, that kind of player you know, the powers that kind of that come with being that kind of player. He just needs to tighten up his technique. Whether that will happen or not is a whole different thing. But I think when he realizes how good he can be, I think that's that's why him and Tuchal is going to be very very interesting. Very
1: interesting. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's done to be honest. I think Havertz is the modern day kaka. I think he fits Kaka's ah, profile so, there you so go. beautifully. There we
0: go. Yeah, and yeah, it's... yeah. There we go. He's, he's he's not the goal scoring runner like Kaka is yeah. yet, but I don't think that's a, I think that's the aspect of his game he hasn't figured out yet. That's yeah. why I think the technique is the, mm. it's the thing that's holding him back. I don't quite think he's in charge of his technique yet
1: mm. but I think in terms of the movement that he does, the ability for him to finish with either foot uh the, the skill he has at the moment, his awareness that that's all kaka that's like not prime Kaka but you know the central attack he made Kaka was when before he kind of burst on the scene.
0: Yeah, before he became a full-on second strike in was yeah. just in the central attacking media Yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah, no, you got me there. That's a good comp.
1: All right, ladies and germs. This was fun. We'll see you again, I think next week. Uh, I think. Hey, wait, next week. <laughs> next, week <laughs> next week. Next week I'll be on leave, so
0: shit. I'll be relaxed. Oh. Oh, no man, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, time to sign off for sure. Thank you for joining us, people. It's been a while. We know. Put us in the background. Yes, we we work that way for this episode of (laughs) these. Peace. Peace.